It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Lorelei, you see across the other side of the glade, Lyra Soroya lift her head and look out towards the east, towards the city, and grab the handle of her sword. I immediately go up to Faraday. I'm assuming Junie's there as well? Yeah, Junie's also there. Lyra sees something. I'm not quite sure what yet, but... Oh, great. I'm not sure if she's just being paranoid, but I thought you should know. I think Lyra is always paranoid, but that doesn't mean that she's wrong. Okay, party might not be over. Party might be over? Not sure. Um, huh? What? What? Lyra thinks, Lyra thinks something might happen and she's over there and like looking at something. And I know it's probably nothing, but I mean, I'm going to look at Junie because Lyra is essentially helped to raise Junie. So she knows her best. Faraday, you look at Junie and she looks back at you and opens her mouth. But then her face is lit up by bright white light illuminated from behind you. And what do you do? Do you turn to look? Uh, no, I think I grab Junie and try and like cover her, even though the height difference makes that really hard. So do you look then? Uh, yes. Out towards the east, away from the glade, where the trees thin out over New Analu. Uh, you can't quite see the city. You can see a blur of its lights through the trees and reflected in the sky. But what you do see is on that black starry expanse above you, a huge whirling vortex of bright white light suddenly wipes out the darkness. And through that vortex, you can see nothing but blank white emptiness. There's nothing beyond it at all. And then through that portal comes an enormous, bright, fierce orange fireball which blazes down over the city in a, like, it goes in silence for a couple seconds, and then a wall of sound strikes you. And all around you, you hear the crashing chimes of all every single glass in this clearing breaking all at once. And your hair is, like, thrown back from your faces. Corel, your bag is knocked to the ground. <gasps> you see the cake topple. <gasps> oh, no. The paint pots that the Araswati brought shatter and paint goes flying onto the grass. Lanterns escape their tethers and land on the ground. You see people having to try and run and smother the burgeoning flames. This fireball streaks across the city and drops out of sight. And then you hear a huge crash and then a hissing sound. And then you see a large cloud flare up over the city ahead of you. Lorelei is going to look at Damini. We have to go and deal with this. You know we do. Please find my grandmother and anyone else important that is here and help to keep them safe. Damini covers your hand and squeezes it and she says, Of course I'll keep your grandma safe. I'll do my best anyway. She might outsmart me, but Lorelei, of course. And I know two years is longer than I thought we'd get before something crazy happened to you guys again yes it's um the other shoe finally dropped as the humans put it and i just sort of lean forward and touch my nose to hers she presses into it 
I love you so much. I will... I will be back as soon as I can. Um, and then I'm going to look up at the others and be like, Time for us to make our exit, I think. Um, agreed, agreed. I have a way to get us there quickly. We need all of us in the same place. So if you've got anything to say before we go, do it now. I... I need to go and check on Prisha. Like, I'll be back, but I just need to go make sure that she's fine. And then we're just going to head off, like, even if no one said, cool, I think I'm just going to go do it anyway. Yeah, you sprint off um, through the stunned crowd. Like, do I have to roll for anything? Um, I think perception, because there's a bit of chaos going on in the party right now. There are people are slipping in paint and cake. They're trying to smother fires. Eleven. <laughs> uh, with an eleven, I don't think you can find her in the crowd. There's too many people milling around in fear and chaos. I think Slope is just panicking at this point. Um, I think they're probably going to keep trying to search. I'm not going to like roll again. But, like, As you're panically trying to look for Prisha, you do bump into Nara, who grabs your hands and says, Kid, kid, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, Where breathe. is she? Like, have you seen her? I've seen her. I've seen her. She's trying to gather up like Uliel and the other important leaders. It's okay. It's all okay. It's okay. She's she's a big girl. She can look after herself. I I I know. I know she can do that. It's just I want to know that she can do that. I'm sorry. Oh dear. Nara squeezes your hands and says, "Kid, I love that you're worried about her, but she's got me, and she'll always have you. But there's something there's something really bad going on right now, and and we both know that you and the you and the, you and the weirdo crew are better suited to dealing with that kind of thing. We have a name. What is it? It's Space Squad. The we sp- make that very clear. Your name is the Space Squad. <sighs> yeah, it, look, we just thought of it and then it kind of stuck. I need to go back to them. She, she kind of squeezes your hand and then she says, stay safe, kid, all right? Faraday's panicking, which I did not expect. Mm. I imagine Jeannie is not crowded on the floor anymore. No, Jeannie kind of probably picks you up. Like, she just lifts you up and stands and then puts you back down and is like, Hey, Faz, it's alright, Faz. Like, it's okay, I'm here. Everything's alright. Everybody's okay. I mean, we're okay. I don't know about the city, but like... Um, 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 I, I guess we have to go. Do we have to go? Does it, does it have to be us? I am quite concerned about the delve. Um, unfortunately, I think it does, Faraday. Who else is it going to be? I don't know. Someone who fucking signed up for it. Okay, I have to go. I love you. I love you too. It won't be that long this time. It better not be. Two years was too long. Besides, we have a bigger ship this time, so like, I'm coming with you. You know, you really should have just said that at the start. (laughs) (laughs) Rewind, like, I'm coming, okay? Like, wherever you need to go, whatever that is, I'm there with you. I'm your wife this time. I love you. I'm not being left behind. Okay, Lorelei, what what do we need to do? Find a big tree that Corel could fit through. Sorry, what? (laughs) Fit through? Corel immediately starts looking for large trees. Well, you're in luck, folks. Because the trees on uh, Rava are basically like giant, giant sequoias. So any tree will do, is what you're saying. Any tree will do. Paige in the Technicolor spaceship. I was going to look for Lina, just to see if I can see her and then call her on Perception my Perception check. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to do the same for Lulia. 
Yeah. 18. Yeah, with an 18, you spot Lina. Uh, she seems to kind of, like, considering she was boogieing it down, like, five minutes ago, she seems to kind of be in her element. She's kind of gathered up a, a, a Tamal who looks on the verge of a breakdown. Uh, she's gathered up Tamal and a few others and has got them sat down and is just, ha- like, handing out plastic cups and just trying to reassure everybody. I'm just going to call her on my con. Yeah, you see her, like, turn her head to her wrist and go, Captain? I'm glad to see you're all right. We're going to go and see if we can see what's going on, see what we can do about it. Are you good here? You know I am. Okay, well, I'll see you back at the ship. You know you will. And that was a uh, 17 for crowd checking for all y'all. He's with Lorelei's grandma. Yeah, he's holding her in his arms. He's standing with the other two suitors, um, his husbands, in fact. Mm-hmm. And they are all just kind of standing, um, him in the middle with uh, Lorelei's grandma in his arms. He looks absolutely unscathed. And as you notice him, he notices you and he just kind of nods at you once gravely. And the mouths go. I just give a nod back. Tree time. Tree time. So you needed a tree. Uh, yes, so what I'm wanting to do is cast my sixth level spell, which is transport via plants. <laughs> Sorry, what? Druids, baby! Um, to, instead of having, how long did it take us to walk out here? It probably would have taken you a good 15 to 25 minutes. Okay, so whilst everyone was off doing their I need to check in with my friends thing, can I have tried to work out exactly where in the city or if it was just the entire city that that giant fireball fell on how do you think you try and work this out um i think i'd probably do a mixture of checking on the internet and also my background which is as long as i can see the stars i know where i am in the galaxy so looking at where the angle is compared to the stars that disappeared should we call this a survival check with advantage maybe 15 plus nine so that's 24 uh with a 24 you kind of cast your mind back to seeing the fireball and you're pretty sure that it went diagonally across the sky and over the city so you don't think it landed in the city and you think that it missed the city and struck somewhere nearby because that cloud that came up wasn't like thick black smoke it was almost like translucent now my question is what is the tree that I have seen that I think would be closest. So the the closest tree to the east of the city would be the giant tree Lasura, which the Plumene use as a library and knowledge vaults. Other than that, beyond the White Crag Gorge, there are probably some wild trees that are large enough, but you don't know that much about where they are. Okay, then um, once everyone gets back, I'll be like, Space Squad, are we ready? Or as we'll ever be? Um, and I cast uh, Transport via Plants, what does that do to the tree, Lorelei, out, out of interest? Um, it basically just like cracks the bark open and creates a magical doorway that is just about big enough for Corel to fit through um, that opens up on this side and then out of Lasura. Shona, before you leave, you're forgetting a four-legged friend. So using prestidigitation, I, I kind of like, I still put my fingers to my mouth. And then I make the that I make the whistle sound with magic, like So you whistle like that, and then you hear like a and then the gazebo explodes. <laughs> yeah. 
and leaping through the gazebo is your beloved companion, the giant Saracen lion rabbit, Bugsy, who is this huge kind of bear-like beast who has the kind of muscly body and fangs of a saber cat, but the beautiful, adorable face and big ears of a rabbit and the mane of a lion. And Bugsy comes leaping through that gazebo and leaps with you through the portal. So you pile in through the portal and tumble out the other side. Um, You are greeted by the sight of a city on fire and in chaos. Directly behind you is the giant Lasura tree. Off to your right is the very edge of the huge Apelton Delve at the heart of the city. Um, To your left is the free glade area with all the nice houses. And in your immediate vicinity, you have three small Pluene-style roundhouses. And in and amongst those homes, you have several foes. You have a towering, gigantic, flaming beast with glowing yellow holes in the place of eyes and huge claws that look like they're made out of volcanic rock. It has an, a vaguely insect-like form, a bit like Corel but with many, many more legs and a huge flaming mane that runs from the tip of its nose all the way to the end of its tail. You also see several other kind of dark, charred-looking creatures running around the immediate area chasing after civilians and a couple of bright, glowing um, shapes, that like animal-like shapes, but made out of fire and flame. Could you all please roll me initiative? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to roll for the enemies as well. 20 and above. No one. 15 to 20. 18. Um, uh, 16 for me. 10 to 15. 13. 5 to 10. 9. 8. I also got 9. What's your dex modifier? 0. I win. No! At least I'm not last. <laughs> Thanks. No offence. Um, Bugsy will go on your turn, Schlepp, right. for simplicity's sake. So the order is Faraday, Lorelei, Corel, the enemies, Crick, and Schlep. Uh, Faraday, you're top of the order. In the air above you, you have a glowing, flaming bird the size of an eagle. About 40 feet ahead of you, you have a charred creature with like an elongated body, a bit like a giant weasel. Mm. And then about 50 feet ahead of you is that huge flaming beast. The rest of the enemies are probably a little bit borderline out of your sightline. Yeah, I think I'll use um, Guiding Bolt on probably whatever's nearest. So the Flaming Bird. Yep, that's directly above you. If it's right there, so probably that one. 19. That's going to hit. 4d6 Radiant and the next attack has advantage. 11. So you raise your hand and hurl Guiding Bolts up at the bird and strike it for 11 points of radiant damage. Um, the bird screams and drops 20 feet through the air until it's just only just above your heads. Um, and it like globs of molten fire fall from it um, down on over the group. Could I please have... Sorry. Lorelei, oh, wow. Schlurp, and Corel make a, probably a deck save to avoid being struck by these globs of fire. Oh, sweet. Uh, twi- uh, wait, don't draw Bugsy. So Schlurp got 21. 
A 14. Um, I got an 11. Uh, Bugsy got 15. Okay, so it's just Lorelei who gets struck by this. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Let me roll. Wait, hang on a second. What What were they doing here? Are they rolling a... Saving throw. Rolling saving a dex throw. saving throw to dodge. Uh, you get a saving throw equal to my charisma modifier plus three. Uh, that's 14. Yeah, that'll make it. Yes. Yay! So You're everyone welcome. everyone manages to get out of the way of the of the globlets of molten fire thanks to Crick's protection abilities as a paladin. And um, that's... Is that the end of your turn, Faraday? Do you move anywhere? Yeah, I was going to ask. So mm, Faraday works in the day room. Is she going to recognize that this is the edge of the day room? Yeah, you live in New Anna. Yeah. You, you absolutely know where you are. So in that case, I think she's probably going to run forwards like i know the bird is still going so that's to the south right yeah okay so i think whilst i would have left my shield on the ship because it was supposed to be a wedding i do still have my force field generator so my ac would be 14 are you still wearing your nice dress yes like if you've not had a chance to get changed yes but i do have a jacket it's just not my jacket <laughs> uh do you, yeah and that's the end of your turn and mm-hmm. uh, next in the order is lorelei so this bird is a bother um, so I'm going to use Frostbite, which is a cantrip. And I need the bird to make a constitution saving throw. I rolled 12. No, that does not pass. I shall not pass. Uh, what happens to me, the bird, as a result? You, the bird, take 11 points of cold damage. That's 22 points of damage, Jess, because this is a fire creature. That's what I thought, because Lorelei is like, fire doesn't like cold. <laughs> so you cast this and watch as the flames on this bird for an instant wink out, and you see a core of just coal in the shape of a bird flying above you. The bird drops, and it's now on the ground um, between you and the Lysoratory in this cramped little spot. It does not look very well. Do you move anywhere? Since it has disadvantage on any opportunity attacks it has on me yes i'm going to follow faraday yeah so that's just about 10 six feet behind faraday so more to faraday's east and that bird is going to try to roll an opportunity attack against you as you leave obviously it's disadvantaged i I rolled an eight immediately so like no (laughs) not even bothering to try and next in the order is Corel. So Corel's going to pull out their pistol from their messenger bag and take an, a, a shot at this bird thing. Point blank on the ground. Yeah, and because of Guiding Bolt, and because this is still an attack roll, because your thing was a saving throw, Corel will get advantage and therefore sneak attack if it hits. Uh, 25 to hit. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna hit, bud. 100% that's cool. going to hit. All right, so time to roll quite a few d6s. So that's uh, 25 damage. Okay, so you attack with your daggers? Oh, my pistol, actually. The blast from your aim cuts, disappears, and is swallowed by the bird's fire. And then you hear a cracking sound, and the bird's fire winks out. And then you see that kind of coal-shaped bird-like outline again, and then it turns into just flakes of coal dust that collapse and slump onto the ground the bird is defeated excellent so now what i'd like to do is i'm going to move but i'm going to move instead towards this arch-backed creature yep okay so that's going to be towards the south so towards the huts the giant creature and the weaselly thing but yeah you can get right up on that weaselly kind of giant charred looking weaselly creature 
And while I'm all up in its business, I'd like to use my bonus action to use my new inquisitive feature, Insightful Fighting. Oh, go ahead. What does that do? I have to make an insight check, uh, and you have to make a deception check. And if I succeed against that, I can get sneak attack without having advantage with that creature from then on. I rolled an eight. Well, I got an... Was it above an eight? Yes, yes, it's an 11. You just look really hard about at this weasel. And I discern everything there is to know about this weasel, fighting-wise. You kind of examine this weasel with your inquisitive nature as you jump in close, and you discern that it has big teeth that it's probably going to try and bite you with. <laughs> okay, mind the teeth. <laughs> um, and that's my turn. And next up are all of the enemies. Except the bird, because we killed it. Except the bird, because you killed it. Okay, so first up for your enemies is the giant flame monster. Oh, no. Naturally. And when I say giant, I really do mean it. This thing is 20 foot high, 10 foot across. It's absolutely massive. It's like a column of flame with the vague outline of this giant insect. Right, where's the hose? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, it's got so many people to choose from because you all moved closer to it. I think it's going to go for the person closest to it, which by my eyeball is Faraday. Yeah, it flows the 10 feet to Faraday with ease, and then it's going to, Faraday, it's going to reach out and swipe you with one of those horrible lava-clawed hands. Uh, That's only an 11, so that's not going to hit you. And then it's going to kind of bellow in rage, like, and then it's going to strike you again. And that is a 17 that time. Yeah. And that's going to hit you, I think. Uh, That's 11 points of fire damage. And Leonie, guess what? You're a creature. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what this means? I I burn? You ignite. Oh, fuck. Oh, You are now on fire. (laughs) And will be until you take an action to douse the fire. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, You will take 1d10 fire damage at the start of every turn until you douse the fire. Okay. I've never been on fire before. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so excited. I've never been on fire. Oh, I I, I didn't mean for it to sound excited. (laughs) Uh, and it only used 10 feet of movement, so I think it might go on a little bit of a walkabout. Actually, no, I think it might be all right. I think it, it sees, like, as you ignite, like, do you like this? Do you look afraid? Yes. Look it sees afraid. the look of fear on your face, and a horrible, craggy, molten smile opens up. It's terrible, misshapen head. Great. Nasty. Uh, and next, after the horrible giant fire monster, is... Something that comes skittering into view on six flaming twig-like legs. Oh, I don't like skittering. Skittering's bad. And that's also going to attack Faraday. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because she's ahead by itself. Bye, Faraday. Uh, but I am going to check something because I'm pretty sure that giant fire monster will, like, being in proximity to it is going to hurt that. I actually think this bug is going to go for Corel instead because I don't think it's going to want to mess with the giant fire monster. It's some... Hot bug-on-bog attacks here. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Absolutely cursed. (laughs) All right, give it to me, Paige. As as this giant molten fire insect reaches you, Corel, it rears up on its back pair of legs and its jaws elongate elongate until they almost look like blades and it's going to slash you with this flaming jaw. Uh, For 16? Yeah, that hits. Uh, that's eight points of slashing damage. And the bug's going to stay where it is. And then the bird is dead. And then 
another creature comes and appears from around out of sight behind the Lasura tree. This one, listeners, you can't see this, but I have, re- I have uh, represented it with a large muscular arm because I forgot to actually describe what this, this, what this particular fire monster looks like. So I've just written the word beefy on, <laughs> it, <laughs> on its character sheet. So it's just a big muscled arm. Like an arm? Is it just an arm? It's not just an arm. That's just how I've represented it. Um, I think it's a humanoid figure and it's just kind of grotesquely muscled and made of fire is going to come lumbering towards Faraday and attack her. Uh, that was a 22. <laughs> Does that hit you? Yes. That's only three points of slashing damage though. Oh, I forgot they get two attacks. Hang on. Let me get the other one to roll again, Corel. Yeah, it rolled like a... What was it? It rolled a six, so it didn't get you on the second attack, Corel. Faraday, let's see if its second attack gets you. Uh, it rolled an 11, so that's a no. We have the charred creatures that look like they... These ones look like they're made out of coal. They don't have any fire, but their eyes are like bright red embers. And they are going to also join the fray. Uh, Faraday, guess what? What? You're out ahead, so the, this... This particular charred creature is also going to come... Uh, actually, this one's going to go for Corel. This one looks like a giant blackened wolf. Uh, be Mr. Beefy. <laughs> Mr. Beefy is going to take some damage from being in the vicinity of that giant fire monster. Uh, and that fire damage is going to be to the tune of... 1d10. So only one. It takes one point of fire damage. <laughs> yeah, and Corel, it's, the, wolf, uh, the wolf-like creature is going to bite you. Uh, it rolled a 20, not natural. That'll hit. And then it's going to roll damage. It rolls seven points of piercing damage, and then it's going to attack again. Oh, actually, there's one more thing I need you to do, Corral. You've been bitten. Could you make me a constitution saving throw with a DC of 12? Okay. A uh, natural 20. You're fine. I'm sure nothing would have happened to you if you'd failed. I'm sure. <laughs> and it's going to try and bite you again. I only rolled a nine that time, so that's not going to do it. And then, Corel, that giant weasel that you're up on is going to attack you as well, because you ran towards it. Uh, that rolled a 13, so that's not going to do it, right? Nope. Yep, so try again. That one was a 21. Yeah, that'll hit. That is eight points of piercing damage. Could you make me a DC 12 constitution saving throw? Okay, I'm going to use uncanny dodge to half the damage on that one. Okay, fair enough. That's a four. <laughs> you are now poisoned. Oh. So I'm going to reduce your hit point maximum by 1d10. Oh my. Oofa doofa. Oofa doofa. I got 10. So your hit point maximum is also reduced by a 10. This will continue until you die or until this poisoning is cured. And then we've got one final enemy. That's going to come leaping out from behind the Lasura tree. And Schlup, you know that your friend, the giant lion rabbit, I is so them. cute and lovely. There's another lion rabbit on the scene, but this one is made out of coal and hate <laughs> and rage. And it's going to... It's only slightly different to Bugsy. It's going to pounce on Faraday and attack her. Oh, come on! <laughs> it's going to take 1d10 from being in the vicinity of the fire monster. It's going to take a 10, so it's going to hurt it quite badly, but they're not very smart, so you know. Uh, that is 18. Yes. And then that's 7 piercing damage. Hey, Faraday, could you make me a DC 12 constitution saving throw? <laughs> oh my 
15. Okay, you're fine. Nothing Yay. happens to you uh, poison-wise. And then it's going to get you for its test second attack. I, uh, well, I rolled a three, which plus four is a seven, so that's not going to get you. Okay, so that's the end of the enemy's turn. And next in the order is Crick. I have 30 feet of movement. How far mm -hmm. away is Faraday? About 26, 27 feet away. Excellent, so I can run all the way to her. Yeah, you can run all the way to Faraday, running past Lorelei as you do. Well, running yeah. up into the vicinity of the fire monster. Lorelei's not on fire, so... She is not no. on fire, this is true. Um, hmm. Well, now that... Given that I'm, I'm within stabbing distance of the big fire monster, right? Yep, you're um, within five feet. I'm going to take out my uh, hard light longsword and stabby stab stab. Roll me uh, to attack. Right. Uh, Eleven. No, that's not going to do it, bud. But yeah. you're a paladin, so you get more than one. That'll do it. 25. Oh. That will absolutely yeah. do it. Come and get me. Okay, so I'm going to stab you with my hard light longsword. And I'm going to use Divine Smite. Yay! Because this is clearly the biggest bad in the area. I'm going to use my special D&D dice that I found in a box that I got from a friend of a pet, my parents that was a very old 1970s edition of D&D. And it had these dice in it. And I have to believe that they've been rolled so many times, it's blessed. 23 points of damage. You turn the blade on and then you slash it up across the probably the lower belly of this beast and molten fire erupts onto you and I'm going to roll 1d10 uh, fire damage as this fire splashes back onto you. Uh, so that's five points of fire damage that you take, but you do not ignite. Oh, no. Only 98 hit points. Oh, <laughs> Whatever no. will you do. Oh, no. Whatever will I do. And um, you've already moved, so that's the end of your turn? Bonus action. What are you going to do for your bonus action? I'm going to cast, uh, well, use a feature, it's not a spell. Vow of Enmity. I utter a vow of enmity against a creature I see within 10 feet using my channel divinity, and so that means that next time I attack this guy... I get an advantage on the attack roll, which, as we've seen, I clearly need. Okay, so next in the order is Schlepp. Give me one second to move my pegs. How many how many creatures are surrounding Faraday? There's Mr. Beef. There's the other other <laughs> Mr. Beef. Sorry, Mr. Beef. Mr. There's Mr. Beef, who's a flame monster, a big charred, terrible bugsy with bits dropping off, a big flame monster, and then over on Corel there is the charred-looking crispy weasel, the crispy dog. And the big fire bug. Um, I'm gonna look over to Bugsy and be like, "I'll take care of Farrah. You, you go and help Corel." He goes, <laughs> and nod. So I nod at him. Um, so I am going to go over. I'm gonna kind of run a bit towards where Faraday and Crick are. Not all the way. Probably around to like roughly to where Lorelei is. Yep. Um, and I am going to cast a uh, dissonant whispers. On the on the big old flame monster, that real big guy. Um, so you have to make a wisdom saving throw, and you have to beat a sixteen. I rolled an eleven. Okay, so this is this is first level. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it at a fourth level. That's so gonna be sixty six psychic damage. Okay, come and get me. Twenty five. So twenty. Tw 
So yeah, twenty-five psychic damage on the big on the big old beastie. Oh my god! Okay. Um, and it has to use reaction to move as far away from me as possible. Okay. You attack the creature with dissonant whispers, and it kind of screams and grabs its head. And as it grabs its head, it throws up little globules of fire, which light the roof of the building next to it. Oh, damn and it. it goes up in a whoomph of flames. And how how far does it need to go away from you? I think it's up to its speed. Uh, so it is going to run far away. I'm going to say that it won't eat itself to death over the <laughs> lip of the day rim. Yeah, it, like, it says like, it, like it can't, I can't make it run off a cliff or anything. But it does run up to the very edge of the day rim as if like, it physically wants to press itself yeah, as far like, away as possible. The creature doesn't move into obviously dangerous territory like fire or a pit. Okay, so it does not fall into this, what is just a giant city pit. Uh, but yeah, Faraday and Crick, you're going to get attacks of opportunity. We'll take Faraday first. Even though I'm on fire. You are on fire, but you can still take an okay. attack of opportunity. Oh, okay. I guess I'll get my, my hollow hammer out. So you pull the hilt out and turn the shaft and head on. Yeah. And they come up in a, whim, whim, in a, in a whir of light. Look, if you're worried about getting uh, catching fire by punching it, I wouldn't worry about it. You're already on fire. <laughs> it can't get worse. Sunk cost, you can't be more on fire. Yeah, sunk cost fallacy, man. Uh, twelve. I don't. I think. I think its AC is higher than that. Yeah, it is. Sorry, that's not going to okay. hit. Uh, Crick, you have a go. Twenty-three. That will hit. Yes. And you can choose to do define smite on it if you want. Oh well, let's do this again, shall <laughs> we? Twenty-six points of damage. Holy shit. Um. So ten of that would be slashing damage, and uh, yes, and sixteen of it would be radiant damage. Wow. Okay. As you, as it turns to flee off the back of Dissonant Whispers, still screaming and clutching its head, um, Crick, you manage to bring your sword up fast as lightning and catch it across the back. And as it flees, that one of its legs comes kicking up behind it and your sword drops and gets it in the hamstring as well. And there's an awful thwack and snap and then a, a great spurt of molten fire comes leaping out and sprays all the grass and ground behind it as it flees away from you. So this kind of trail between you is now smoldering and hot and it's looking pretty bad. It's like kind of dripping and struggling to hold its form. And then, yeah, it's Bugsy's attack next. <laughs> okay, so... Bugsitch has an ability called Pounce. Oh, um, sorry, right. I just had one more thing I can do. Yeah, go on. I have something called Relentless Avenger, which means when I hit a creature with an opportunity attack, I can move 15 feet in his direction. Yeah, <laughs> wow, okay. Without provoking opportunity chase attacks the from the other one. So I can so chase right him. after him. So I can use up to half my speed. So I'm going to run 30 <laughs> feet. That's amazing. 15 feet, and then I'll be basically right next to it. I will warn you, the ground is hot, so I will roll a little d6 okay. against um, you, if that's all right. Yeah, go ahead. A little d6 fire damage. Just three. A tasty little three fire damage ooh, as you ooh, run ooh. across the hot ground. That's fine. After the fire monster. And then Bugsy. Okay, so lions have a thing, like if the lion moves at least 20 feet towards a creature and then hits it with a claw attack on the same turn, that target must succeed on a dc13 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Whoa. And if the target is prone, the lion can make another bite attack against it as a bonus action. So what does it attack, do you think? I think I wanted to give Bardic to someone. Um, I'm yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a Bardic to Faraday. Mm. And they could just like fix the guns. So bonus action you're giving uh, Bardic inspiration to Faraday. Yes. Okay. Um and then sorry, then Bugsy can do I need to be twenty feet, then attack with a claw attack, and then if it hits, it has to make the strength strength save. Or be knocked prone. What is it? What is Bugsy attacking? Because there's a lot of things in Bugsy's range. Because Bugsy has quite good speed. Um, I guess I'll attack the weasel. Yep, you're gonna go for the weaselly creature next to uh, next to Corel. 
So Bugsy charges and pounces. Okay, well, I need to actually hit with the attack first. So they do get advantage because Corel's there and they have pack tactics. Mm, okay. Pack tics. Pack tics. Uh, they rolled a 13. That hits. Oh, hell yeah. So I'm going to hit with a claw attack, which is 1d6 plus 3. They have 4 damage. Um, they need to make a DC strength. DC so 13. 4 strength. damage, right? Uh, yeah, 4 damage. I rolled an 11. Right, so they are prone, um, and I get to make another bite attack. Good boy. And a bite attack is 1d8 plus 3. Six damage on the weasel. Woo! Uh, the weasel's still on its feet, but um, it's kind of like on its back being shredded up by Bugsy, squealing as the whole thing happens. But Stoffel's ever, you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to clarify, Bugsy cannot talk, uh, but we, you know, we can own... I imagine that's probably Schlurp doing that voice. <laughs> now, it's time to return to the top of the order with Faraday! Shona, could you just remind me what Bardic Inspiration does, please? You can have a D10, add to 1, ability check, attack roll, or saving throw within the next 10 minutes. I guess the first thing I'm going to do is try and douse myself so I'm not on fire. That is your action. Yeah, I know. So do you have a bonus action? I do have a bonus Amazing. action. I would like to cast Spiritual Weapon, which is a bonus action to cast. Her Spiritual Weapon takes the form of a massive gavel, and it is going to go for... Oh, okay, I've got Mr. Beefy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Beefy or the awful, awful lime uh, Mr. Beefy. I guess I'm going to try and hit Mr. Beefy. What does he look like aside from this giant arm? He's not... Okay, Mr. Beefy is a humanoid creature which is kind of grotesquely muscled and misshapen and not doing so good. It's 14, plus I'll add my d10. That will hit me. Six. Is that the end of your turn, Faraday? Do you move anywhere or are you going to stay where you are? I think I'd like to move. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going to go? I think I'm going to try and move backwards am i able to take some sort of cover by the hut but then i guess if i take cover from mr beefy and the charred lion rabbit i'm then in range of you'll also take attacks of opportunity if you move i'll just stay there oh no leone it's okay i trust that someone else is going to come and help me out in a second it's at the end of your turn darling yeah okay so next in the order is lorelei um uh slurp I'm going, I've got Faraday, if you go and help Corel. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, but Bugsy's making a good start. <laughs> yes, he really is. And then I'm going to run if Faraday, but like, then I'm going to turn around, look at the not Bugsy, and cast Frostbite again on it. So that is a constitution saving throw. It has to be a DC of 17. It rolled an eight. <laughs> uh, so that's 12 cold damage. Then, because it's a cantrip, I can cast a spell. So I'm going to cast Healing Word, a third level Healing Word on Faraday. 14 points of healing. Thank you. Nice. That's okay. Uh, next in the order is... Poison means I get disadvantage on attacks, but because 
the the weasel's prone. It's got an advantage, so this will just be a neutral attack for the weasel that I'm about to do. Um, let's see. For that is this is with my dagger, so that's an eighteen. Uh, an eighteen will hit. Who are you attacking? The weasel. Yes, the weasel. And I do get my sneak attack because of insightful fighting. Okay, so that's thirty-five piercing damage on the weasel. You slash past the Bugsy with your dagger and strike directly in the weasel's chest and it squeals and then it crumbles into flecks of slimy, chunky, fleshy goo and dies. Yay! And is that the end of your turn, Corel? It It is not. Ooh. Though it is going to be with disadvantage, I'm going to stab with my other dagger at the wolf type thing. Mm-hmm. With my dagger, that's 13. That will hit. Cool. So that's uh, five piercing damage on the wolf. Amazing. Guess who's up next, guys? They're hot. They're horrible. We all love them. It's the enemies. And first of them up is the horrible fire beast. Who probably wants revenge on me for doing... um... Uh, You got it and won, Crick. It's going to charge at you, and then it's going to immediately come in and attack you. Uh, That is a 16 on the first attack. Nope. Okay, and it's going to try again. It got a nat one. No, uh, <laughs> my AC is 20, so... Uh, so it comes blinded by rage. It comes charging at you, slashes, and then slashes again. And then the second slash, um, it misses, and I'm going to say it drops to its knees, slipping in its own fiery goo. And then it is the fiery bug-like creature. Corel, that's going to go for you. It is going to try and bite you but this time it's retracting in those elongated blade like jaws and a horrible black tongue um yeah. comes poking out i do not like the look of that it rolled a 16 yeah that'll hit you take six points of necrotic damage okay halving that with uncanny dodge and then i'd like you to roll a dc 13 constitution saving throw 13 exactly okay so you make it you're fine Yay. i'm sure nothing was going to come of that Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, bird is dead. Beefy's still going. Next up is Beefy, guys. Wait, doesn't the bug get two attacks? Oh, it does! Thank you, Duncan. Duncan, why do you do this to yourself? Because this is how the game is played, Shona. It's going to try again. Uh, it got a 19 that time to attack, so it hits. Yeah. That's three points of necrotic damage. Can I have another constitution saving throw? Uh, that's a dirty 20. Oh, yeah, you're fine again. Uh, next up is the Beefy, Mr. Beefy. Faraday, <laughs> Mr. Beefy's right up on you. <laughs> Mr. Beefy, I think, is actually going to come and try and get its big, horrible hand around your neck. Oh, oh, Ooh. that's not nice. And as you, as its hand descends, you see another black tongue emerging from its palm. Why? Why the tongues? Wow. It rolled a, a 10, so it's not going to hit you. So it's going to try again with its other hand, with its other beefy hand. That time it rolled a 15. Yeah. The 15 will get you, so that's four points of necrotic damage. And then could you roll me a constitution saving throw? Uh, 14. That'll do it, you're fine. Next up is the wolf. The wolf is going to try and bite Corel. It rolled a 16. Yeah, that'll hit. That is five points of piercing damage. And then could I take a DC 12 constitution saving throw from you, Corel? Uh, it's a 17. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely fine. And then it's going to bite you again uh, for 24. Yeah. It rolled three points of piercing damage. And could I have another constitution saving throw? Uh, it's nine. Okay, so 
you are already poisoned, <laughs> but that means you're mm-hmm. going to take... My damage roll was three, so you're going to take three more points off of your total hit maximum. The weasel is dead, so the lion rabbit is going to go next, and it is going to attack you, Faraday, because it's right up on you. That is 16. Yes. That is six points of piercing damage. And then can I have a constitution saving throw? The DC is 12. 11. You are now poisoned. And I'm going to roll a 1d10 to see how much we reduce your total HP by. So you are now reduced by nine points from your hit point maximum. Um, Being poisoned means that you are disadvantaged on attack rolls and ability checks. And that was the first attack, so it's going to go again. It only rolled a 14. No, sorry, it rolled a 13. That's not going to hit you, right? No. Yeah, no, you're fine. And next up after the enemies is Crick. I'm going to do the same as before, except I'm out third level spell slots. I'm going to use the second level one. 13 plus 7 is 20, so I imagine that'll hit. That's going to do it, yeah. yeah. 24 points of damage. Captain Mitchell Crick. Yes! How does the giant fire monster die? Yes! <laughs> it's down on one knee. I guess I'm thinking, I just does it have an identifiable face? Yes, it's kind of this insectoid and it's just all molten and flowing. I stab it in the eye. Okay, so it falls to the ground and then you, swift as anything, turn on one foot and stab it straight through the eye and it squeals and squelches around your sword and then a, a great wave of molten fire comes flying out past your legs. So I am going to roll uh, seven points of fire damage as the molten fire gushes past your legs and onto the ground around you. That's the end of the fire monster. Not just the end of its turn, but the end of it. Do you want to know something really funny? Mm? I get another attack. Go, go, so go. I'm going to run to Evil Bugsy <laughs> and stab Evil Bugsy. 23. A 23 will absolutely hit. Excellent. 23 on Evil Bugsy. Well, let's just do this again. Mitchell Crick handing out the pain. 26 points of damage. Did he kill something else? <laughs> oh my God. Captain, Captain Mitchell Crick. You're having a good turn. <laughs> yes. How does Evil Bugsy die? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. This is so wonderful. I mean, it's not. It's it's terrible. This is a very sad day. <laughs> and it's very serious, but also it's wonderful. Okay, so how does it die? Uh, so I, fresh from killing the big monster, I run over to Evil Bugsy. I guess I just kind of stab into its fur. Go ahead. Because I don't want to do anything dramatic or nasty, because even though it's Evil Bugsy, it still reminds me of Bugsy, and I feel kind of bad. Aww. That's so I just want to take it out. Or the evil creature. <laughs> as politely as I can. So I just stab it in the, you know... Oh. A polite stab. (laughs) A considerate stab. Okay, so it kind of howls and slumps to the ground, and this one also turns to rotten goo, which melts into the floor. Next in the order is Schlep. Um, Okay, so Lorelei said she was taking care of Faraday and Mr. Beefy and Evil Bugsy. Evil Bugsy's now dead, so that's good. (laughs) Mr. Beefy. So we've still got Crispy Wolf and Crispy Bug all, all up on Corel. You know these actually have like cool in-universe names that I've written down. <laughs> we haven't told them. You haven't told them what they are. You no, because I want. Bugsy. You don't know in character. Beef you don't man. know what they are yet. So we will call them Crispy Wolf yes. and <laughs> Crispy Bug. Crispy Wolf and Crispy Bug. If it makes you feel better, we call could call them like Enemy One, Enemy Two. No, that's so much worse. Call them. I want Mr. Beefy. Yeah, Mr. Beefy. I love Mr. Beefy. <laughs> Leonie doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Beefy's kind of messing her up. Yeah, so I am going to cast Vicious Mockery at Crispy Bug. It has to make a wisdom saving throw. Well, I mean, I think you can imagine what my wisdom score is going to be. Me, the Crispy Bug. <laughs> sure, you're very wise. This bug, okay, I'll be clear. The bug's not crispy. The bug is fiery. 
Fiery bug. Fiery bug. I rolled a seven. <laughs> so it's going to take 11 psychic damage. What are you even fire for? You look ridiculous. It shutters its fangs at you. And then it almost looks sad. Like you've hurt its feelings. <laughs> I just looked down my nose and it's pathetic. <laughs> Does Schlurp have a nose? I, um, no. <laughs> where my nose would Your be. Your smooth, noseless face. I tilt my head up. Pathetic. And I'm going to give a cheeky bardic to Corel. I'm, I'm also going to give them some finger guns. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you inspire your friends? You. Hey. <laughs> um, and now it's Bugsy's turn. And he still gets advantage because Corel's still there. Um, yeah. And Bugsy's going to attack Crispy Wolf. A 15 on it. 15 will definitely hit. Is this Crispy Wolf? Yeah. That was 8 to hit on that attack. However, mm. Bugsy does get two attacks. I always fucking forget this. So he's going to attack again with advantage. Oh my god. 14 plus 4 is 18. Yeah, that's going to hit. Um, 4 plus 3 is another 7 damage. So total of 15. To- yeah, total of 15 damage. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bugsy takes a big chunk out of Crispy Wolf and Crispy Wolf... Um, screams and howls and um, skitters on its paws as the pieces of it that Bugsy bites off turn to horrible rotten sludge. Do you move anywhere? Is that the end of your turn? I don't know if I'm a good distance here for people not trying to kill me. This is true. Um, yeah, I think, I'm, <laughs> I think I might stay where I am. Okay. Uh, next in the order, well, top of the order, is Faraday. I am going to cast on Mr. Beefy, Ray of Frost, 13 to hit. Oh, oh, no, it won't. Sorry, that... Oh, that's okay. But you do have your spiritual weapon, which you can attack again with on your bonus action. Yeah, I would do that. Uh, which is a 20 not nat to hit. Six. The Mr. Beefy is starting to look a little bit like Mr. Almost Deady. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Faraday, do you stay where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next up is Lorelei. Okay, I'm going to... Can I wander around to the other side of um, Crick? So to Crick's left. So you're going to go face Mr. Beefy? Uh, yeah, but directly left to Crick, so I'm not, like, melee range. Um, and I am going to use, as part of my Circle of Druids ability, I'm going to use Guiding Bolt. 21. No. 23. Well, that's going to hit either way. Uh, so that's 6 plus 5 plus 5 is 16 radiant damage. And whoever goes next has advantage. Uh, Mr. Beefy is definitely like Mr. On the Cusp of Death. Uh, next up is Corel. Cool. Um, can I tell who's looking more close to death? Crispy Wolf or Fiery Bug? Um, I would take probably some kind of check for that, please. Uh, insight? Insight, yes, please. Uh, that's 27. Uh, you would say that Crispy Wolf is looking pretty weak on its paws. Well, then I'm going to take two dagger attacks at Crispy Wolf with disadvantage. All right, so with disadvantage, the first one is 21 to hit. With disadvantage. Yeah, and the second one... Is 11, so... How much damage is that, Duncan? Well, that's only four. <laughs> Crispy Wolf is not looking very good at all. Corel, do you stay where you are? I'm, I'm just going to stay where I am. Okay. Next up is the enemies. They are 
greatly reduced this time. Uh, roll call. We just have Mr. Beefy, Crispy Wolf, and Hot Bug. That's <laughs> so hot, hot, hot bug. <laughs> so we're going to have uh, Hot Bug go first. Hot, hot Bug is going to take 1d10 fire damage because it's on fire. Hot Bug! Uh, <laughs> it's a hot bug. It takes three points of fire damage. That's a hot bug. <laughs> um, petition to ban Shona <laughs> and eject her from the table. But as my as her brother, I grant it. Uh, Buggo is going to attack Corral. Of course. Uh, it got a nat twenty. Yay! Yeah, that's six points of piercing damage. And then, could you roll me a Constitution saving throw? Okay, I'm going to use Uncanny Dodge to half that. That's a seven. Okay, uh, your hit point maximum is also reduced by six. Duncan, you have a bardic. Oh, yeah. Can I use the bardic, actually? Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? D10. That only brings it up to a ten. So, reduced by six, you said. Yeah, you lose six from your hit point maximum. My hit point maximum is down by 20 so far. (laughs) Ouch. Uh, Crispy Dog or Mr. Beefy? Mr. Beefy's next. Okay. Uh, Mr. Beefy is still up on... Oh, he's up on a few people. He's going to attack Faraday, though, because she's closest. Uh, Faraday, Mr. Beefy is going to attack you with... uh, His hands are going to... One of his hands is going to transform into a giant blade. Oh. And he's going to grip his own wrist and slash you with it. Uh, (laughs) He rolled a six, so that's not going to (laughs) be successful. But he's going to try again. And that time he rolled a 13. So that's also no. not successful. Yeah. So he misses you both times. Crispy Bug's going to bite Bugsy. Uh, I rolled a 16 to attack. Uh, there is a 17. Oh, it misses. Well, I think probably it gets a mouthful of Bugsy's thick oh. mane and doesn't manage to like get its teeth through. But it is going to try again. And it rolled a 19 that time. Yeah, that hits. It spits out Bugsy's mane and grabs one of his legs instead. No. Is a lion's AC 17? I actually bought him a shield. <laughs> How does he carry that? Does he have a tiny little backpack yeah, with it on? a little backpack shield. That's really good. It's just weird because I'm an arthropod with an exoskeleton with a force field around me and somehow my AC is still two beneath this lion rapid with a shield strapped to their back. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Schlurp, that's six points of piercing damage on your son. And Bugsy needs to make a constitution saving throw. No! <laughs> 21. Uh, 21, Bugsy's fine. That's all of the enemies. So next up, we have Crick. Okay, I'm going to attack. Natural 20. Ah, oh, amazing. Double damage. So three plus three, six. L. Yes! How does sweet, sweet Mr. Beefy die? <laughs> I mean, these guys are on fire, but you are on fire. <laughs> Hey. Hey. Um, I chop off one of its arms. Oh my god, you raise your sword and you cut off one of those giant beefy arms. Fire, the liquid fire comes pouring out and Mr. Beefy raises his other remaining beefy arm to the sky with a clenched fist as if to say, why? And then melts into a puddle <laughs> of molten fire on the yeah. ground, defeated. I go to Crispy Dog. 19 plus 7. That's going to hit. Yeah. Come and get Crispy Dog. 8. Points of damage. Do you, uh, Crispy dog clings to life. No! <laughs> Crispy wolf screams as it loses its tail to your sword, but then it turns with a defiant snarl, still alive. Okay. 
And next in the order is Schlurp. I really hope it fails this, because otherwise it's going to look real bad. Yeah, so I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery on Crispy Wolf. So make a wisdom saving throw. Believe it or not, Crispy Wolf's not wise. Eight. <laughs> a definitely fail there. Yes. Nine psychic damage on Crispy Wolf. I feel like I just say. <laughs> we were having a nice time and you came and fucked it up. Fuck you. <laughs> and the wolf turns to you in alarm and then dies. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, and now Bugsy's gonna do a nice little attack. Corel, look pleadingly at Bugsy. Let me kill the bug. I want to tie with Crick. <laughs> Bugsy's gonna look directly at Corel and keep and just go anyway. Jerk lion rabbit. Okay, so bite attack on Hobbug. 16 plus 5, 21. Yeah, that's gonna. That's... 17 damage? Bugsy, how mm. does. The... <laughs> I think because it's a bite attack, like, but just like kind of like bites onto its neck, just kind of shakes shakes its head around. Um, The bug squeals and dies in Bugsy's jaws and turns and melts into the ground. With that, every enemy is downed and you stand on the lip of the giant hollow that is the Apelton Delve in the center of New Annalise City. The air is hazy with smoke. You can still hear panic screams in the distance. But you have won this battle. Whether you have won the war is yet to be determined. Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife, Leonie, as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunketpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunketpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you could support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunketpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.